You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. And we're very excited for 2024. This is going to be a transitional year to profitability. The development program uh, has estimated to take elevate prosperous production for year-end to about 3,500 barrels a day. At the same time, Prospera has been working on strategic accretive acquisitions that diversify the product mix uh, to more light oil. These are very good acquisition for uh, for Prospera and the shareholders. It will be accretive per share. And those things will add another 1,500 barrels a day. So we're estimating to the exit, year-end exit, uh, 2024 at 5,000 barrels a day gross production. Welcome back to MSE. I'm Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning in. In today's show, we're going to get an update from Prospera Energy, a company I've been invested in for about 19 months or so since the summer of 2022. And we'll again be covering them over the course of 2024 as a show sponsor. So Samuel David, President and CEO, welcome on to the show, as well as Chris Lutke, the new CFO. Uh, gentlemen, welcome, welcome on to the show again. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Samuel. Could you provide us an overview? What should we expect in 2024, Samuel? Certainly. Um, well, Prospera, Prospera, we're very excited for that 2024 outlook. The restructured Prospera since 2021 has been executing the uh, uh, development uh, phases plan that was set out. Uh, it was uh, it was in three uh, three stages, three phases of a, a development plan. Uh, that was constructed by, uh, by the restructuring team in 2021. Phase one was just optimizing the um, low-hanging fruit and and the, getting the company into a safe operating condition. And the second phase was uh, transforming the fields from vertical well technology to horizontal well technology, at the same time eliminating, abandoning vertical wells along the lateral path of the horizontal. And that was executed la last year. And um, also the horizontal transformation is to prove up the remaining reserves. And uh, further, we wanted to diversify the product mix from the heavy oils to lighter oil. So we exploited uh, medium light oil property. Last year was a, a transformational year for Prospera. Uh, the results exceeded our expectations and proved that it's undrained reserves that we're accessing in the heavy oil property in between the vertical drainage area. And in Brooks, we, we received exceptional uh, results from our uh, wells that drilled and the wells that we put online. Uh, the well we drilled in Brooks it was close to 500 barrels a day, and, and now it's on pump and it's doing 300 barrels a day. And we also constructed that, that lease as well. It really sets up the stage for 2024. Uh, so it was a transformational year, 2021-22, which we were, trans, you know, we were conducting a restructured development phases to bring it to safe operating conditions. Uh, last year was a very uh, transformational year, uh, moving up our our technical aspect of it, and also the economic side of as well, uh, you know, financial parameters. Um, and we're very excited for 2024. This is going to be a transitional year to profitability. Year-end exiting goals for 2024, Sam, can you give us kind of some guidance in that regard? Sure. Um, one of the things Prospera has done is the team could execute as we executed uh, nine or 10 wells uh, last year 
and we're able to tie it in fairly quickly. And now we're optimizing all of those wells. And we're taking a step back and review everything and prepare for our summer drilling program. Last year, we wanted to get uh, do the summer drilling program early, but we started a little late with a lot of uh, permits and, and construction and all that. And we have gone through all those hoops. So we are preparing everything currently now. So we can start right July 1st, whenever the breakup uh, weather permits, uh, we'll be ready with all the services, permits, licenses, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the development program uh, has estimated to take elevate prosperous production for year end to what 3,500 barrels a day. At the same time, Prospera has been working on strategic, accretive uh, uh, acquisitions that diversify the product mix uh, to more light oil. And at, uh, it, these are very good acquisition for uh, for Prospera and the shareholders. It will be accretive per share. Um, and, and those things will add another 1,500 barrels a day. So we're estimating to the exit, year-end exit, 2024 at 5,000 barrels a day gross production. Gross. And then net to you, what would be the net of that? that? That's a good question because the net arena is kind of changing now. The net is all, we're approaching almost gross uh, as we're settling out with uh, some of the uh, partners uh, that are receivable. And we're hoping to uh, to be near 90 plus uh, working interest, if not 100% working interest by year end. Chris, is there anything more you want to elaborate on that in terms of buying out completely some of your partners to get to that place? No, um, you know, at this point in time, there's some ongoing discussions with partners to be able to consolidate the working interest of the of the assets that are currently owned. <clears throat> we'll provide more details to the market um, as those finalized bill. Okay, Sam, so to get to that uh, production goal with your own development, how many specific leases or permits do you have in place that you know you'll be able to drill come July 1st? Oh, I, I will be totally prepared for the full program by the summer because some of these leases already, it's existing leases, especially in Saskatchewan. Uh, these are all existing lease. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've uh, uh, drilled the nine or 10 wells already. Uh, and so there's a routineness uh, with the team, uh, with the regulator, and with the landowners and uh, uh, and the service providers. Uh, so there's harmony, and they're, they're ready to go. Um, we are um, delineating uh, the technical side a little bit more. We're refining it because we have more learnings doing in stages, phases of development. And we think we can further improve uh, our technical uh, results and also economic results as well. Okay, and then just for those that are maybe newer to the story, potential locations for drilling on all your land, you know, can you just give an idea of, of the potential of future drilling if you pursue it? There's three core fields in Saskatchewan and it's a, a horizontal transformation. And we only began in one of the field and we're gonna launch a couple of pilots in the other two fields as well. Um, overall, I think we're, looking at another 20 plus wells over the summer in Saskatchewan and uh, uh, five to eight wells in uh, uh, in, uh, in the Brooks as well. Okay. In the current program, do you still have two drills turning right now at Cuthbert one and Brooks one? Uh, what's the status of the current drilling? Uh, we, we paused all the drilling for now. We always do this. We pause and review what we have done 
and we catch up with everybody. And also uh, the price, as I mentioned earlier in the year or towards the end of uh, Christmas, uh, that uh, commodity price uh, outlook was looking a little bleak as the differential was uh, expanding. But uh, it, it seems like that will start shrinking here uh, into a second quarter, uh, which is in alignment with our development program. And so how many did we end up drilling at Brooks? Was it just two we ended up drilling this? We, uh, drilled, uh, we drilled one and we put on another another well. Uh, we uh, reperfed another well. So we got two wells that are producing right now. Okay. And then the, so drilling has stopped until approximately July 1st then. Is that a good expectation? That's right. I think, you know, it, it is far more economical. And also the wells we drilled since the results was exceptional. Uh, but it's all based on 3D seismic and well control. And, uh, you know, we perfed two or three wells now, so we know what, what, uh, what the parameters look like for a producing well. And, and that is being looked at. Uh, you know, there's a lot of preparation goes into it so that we do not, do not have a, 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 you know, a, a results that we didn't anticipate, you know. So we really work on the parameters that proves up and we have some uh, wells now, well control, that is producing exceptionally well. And we're going to use those parameters uh, to delineate the entire uh, fairway or nearby fairway, and we'll keep expanding. It looks very, very exciting for Brooks. I mean, the fairway is long, I think, and there's longevity and drilling a lot more wells. But we'll do in phases. You know, this five will prove up another 10. And another 10 could prove up a 20. And also, we're developing these uh, pools with uh, enhanced recovery and support, so we don't have just primary depletion. So it's a it's a full scale reservoir management that Prosperity executes. Chris, could you talk about uh, the economics in terms of your production costs and net back uh, if you're successful building out your current development to 3,500 barrels per day this year? Yeah, definitely, Bill. I mean, with the a pretty strong uh, commodity outlook uh, for 2024. We're starting to see uh, differentials improving. Uh, Sam mentioned that things were a bit, uh, we had some pretty wide differential, heavy to light differential in December. Uh, improving in January, we see that further improving um, as um, as the Trans Mountain Pipeline comes on, um, which is now scheduled to begin line fill. It sounds like in about April. So we should see uh, pricing for heavy oils improve uh, through that time. And as demand increases for heavy oil with asphalt and so on, uh, we should see continued improvement through the summer. Um, the um, the OPEX um, associated with both the horizontal and the Brooks development program is also looking fairly attractive for us. Um, so we're seeing uh, operating expenses, which include OPEX and royalties, uh, but roughly about thirty dollars on the Brooks uh, asset and thirty-five dollars on on the uh, heavy oil asset. So what that equates to is roughly about fifty dollars a barrel um, for the uh, the Brooks production and about thirty-five dollars a barrel for the horizontal production. Canadian uh, so, dollars, just to clarify. That, that's correct. Yeah, and and so all of that is expected to add uh, considerable cash flow um, and. When we look at it on a per well basis, and then that, that isolates things a little bit. I mean, we typically look at, at the field overall, um, but on a per well basis, we're seeing uh, paybacks uh, between uh, roughly about six months on the Brooks side and nine months on, on the uh, the heavy oil side, which, um, you know, is, is very attractive uh, 
And that's at $75 WTI approximately? Uh, yeah, a little bit less. Yeah. Bill, I'd like to give some context to the heavy oil nine months and six months for Brooks. You know, it, it's an initial payout, but the thing is, the Cuthbert, the heavy oil wells, um, you know, there's a longevity, 20, 30 years reserve life index as we're providing energy uh, with enhanced recovery that's already uh, planned here and that's being implemented. And also it has all the infrastructure in place. Uh, whereas Brooks, uh, you know, they, 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 we have to construct uh, some of the facilities and the lease needs to be built as well. So there's got a little bit more higher capital associated with it. And we have to get into uh, uh, enhanced recovery or improved recovery after a year as well. So the the stage of depletion and the, you know the, in the life expectancy, the heavy oil is a little bit ahead, uh, and it's got a lot of longevity. And Brooks is the initial, so it's a superstar in my opinion. And we see all the things that we like, but it need to have a little bit more development to it. So there's some context. Chris, how do we do in December? That's a question I've gotten from investors. They want to see how we're managing the winter this year because uh, last winter was a little rough for us. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, all of Q4 weather was was quite good here in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Um, we've seen much higher temperatures than we did last year. Uh, we were hit with some some cold weather a couple of weeks ago here, uh, so that that offsets it a little bit. But um, you know, you the we published uh, the exit rates uh, for December um, already. We'll see the, that information come out in the annual financials uh, when they're published. But uh, we are seeing a continued reduction in operating costs um, through Q4. We've seen uh, operating costs come down into uh, you know uh, thirty. To thirty-three dollars per barrel uh, overall on a, on a total corporate basis, which is very attractive, allows us to continue to generate positive cash flow uh, operating income for the business. Um, we were uh, offset with some higher, as I mentioned, some higher uh, heavy delay differentials uh, in December. Uh, it was about a twenty-seven dollar differential at that point, so that impacted our prices and brought it down. But as I mentioned, we're, we're expecting to see that improve considerably. Uh, as there's more offtake for heavy oil um, um, as we go forward with the transbound bug like coming on. Sam, your last press release in December said you re, um, achieved a capacity of 2,200 barrels per day equivalent. Could you break that down? I've had some questions from investors saying, what specifically does that mean? Well, you know, we were drilling right up to the December 25th, uh, recall. Is that when we re released the last, well, uh, December 24th? Pretty, pretty close, yeah, a couple of days before that, but almost right up to Christmas, and then tie-in activities after Christmas. Yeah, so those well, two or three, uh, even four of those horizontals were just coming on or weren't on, and the, the, that's the capability. And, and to finish drilling those wells, we had uh, uh, adjacent wells, vertical wells, and other injectors and uh, whatnot was all shut in. So that's what we mean, the capacity capability. And those are all being brought on slowly as well. And those horizontals are coming. And, you know, we, we also, like, we put a lot of those wells on fairly quickly, and we had some good results. But still, we have to go back and do a clean-out, some of those the sand that comes in after three months as well. Uh, so we... we Brought those wells down, and you know we do a clean out, so on, so on. So those those uh, those wells were shut in or not brought on, and that, those are the different shows that we showed its capability. And those things are being optimized 
over this this, this month and next month because it's minus 60 at times here. <laughs> Things are a little slower, but uh, we we uh, budgeted for that, and uh, and we're we're our objective is to sustain uh, 2,000 plus barrels a day, and our economics is built built on that. And so just to set ex- investors' expectation, when should they expect to see that 2,000 plus barrels per day uh, end of month, like by end of April, end of March, that they should actually see that in the, you know, the Petro Ninja data? Yeah, I think so. That's a, you know, by end of March, you know, we are conscious of that average, monthly average, not just peak rates. And uh, that's a very good question, Bill, because... We, you know, restructured Prospera has been running on a shoestring capital um, budget, uh, meaning uh, experienced professionals uh, to maintain sustainability in, in the field level. So now we have added uh, VP of operation, uh, John McMahon. He's actually a CEO of another adjacent company. Very knowledgeable man with, you know, similar 40 years of experience. We also added Stephen Highgard. Uh, who is uh, who's a senior personnel with Husky uh, in the adjacent area to to optimize production? Uh, so all those uh, experienced uh, professionals, and there's a few more we have added, and that we added a field foreman as well uh, to to start close that gap between capability and monthly average. And yes, you're you're right. In the month of March, we should be we're approaching, and we should you know bridge that gap. And 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 have sustainability uh, without much vibration production. So if all goes as planned, the company possibly could be looking at a five thousand barrel per day producer. And Chris, what type of debt load would we be expecting to carry at that point if we achieve that at year end twenty twenty four? Well, Bill, I mean, as Sam um, talks about, we we're we're planning on. Uh, improving the current ratio of the company, uh, improving the liquidity of the the company, um, and and its ability to continue as an ongoing concern. Um, what we can expect to see is that Prosper is going to continue to reduce its its current liabilities in the form of accounts payable and so on and so forth. Um, the market's aware of the longer term debt, the convertible debt that was extended last year, and some of the promissory notes that are on the balance sheet. Uh, but in terms of current liabilities, the company is focused on addressing those by end of 2024. And then Sam, the legacy arrears could potentially be wiped out by 2024, if I recall what you've said in the past. That's that's our uh, for, forecast, and uh, uh, our intention to be you know 90 days to turn around on payables, less than 90 days. Okay. And then as you've told me in the past, Bill, I don't control the oil price. So the oil price obviously affects the company, but that's beyond any of our controls. And uh, Chris, you mentioned the WCS differential, and I've seen headlines too. It's expected to tighten. So it, from that regard, hopefully we have some help. Um, anything you can say, Sam, more about the EOR, the Enhanced Oil Recovery, or also questions coming about Arduro with that partnership? Is that going to amount to something this year? Um, uh, Aduro, uh, we've been working with Aduro and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's still in its innovation process and they're fairly busy with, uh, some of the majors, uh, Prospera, uh, is focused on what we do, uh, what we can control now and has the oil recovery is what we do. Uh, the restructured management team, Prospera's management team is a reservoir management, uh, background, uh, geologically, geoseismically and, and the reservoir. There's a lot of reservoir engineering here, 
and uh, we're, we're, we have uh, commenced a simulation uh, of, uh, of these fields because we have a lot of technical parameters, legacy parameters, and um, uh, we have uh, uh, in-house uh, reservoir management improved recovery methods, that's uh, proven methods uh, that we're uh, looking into that minimizes the capital outlay and it is environmentally friendly and it is conducive to the uh, reservoir's uh, architecture and conditions at hand. Uh, we're very excited about it and uh, we're going to be piloting them uh, in the summer here. Sam, regarding the acquisitions you've said before publicly, you can't talk too much about it because of the competitive nature of some of these deals. But it, can you set investors' expectations for when they might see an acquisition that could be accretive and substantially increase production? Like what what quarter this year, maybe? I'm hoping second quarter. There's already a letter of intent, and this is an am amicable uh, uh, acquisitions. Both sides of the par uh, parties are excited. And it's strategic, in a sense, to improve our product mix into light oil, uh, like 4D DPI condensate, it, it warrants very good uh, uh, price, it'll improve our margin, and we can anticipate the impact of that in latter part of the second quarter. Excellent. Chris, any final thoughts that investors should know? No, Bill, I agree. I think this is a this is a year of transitioning to positive net income. Um, we've seen positive uh, uh, operating income um, throughout 2023. Uh, you'll see that in the financial statements that are published later this year. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing uh, positive net income for the full year and uh, expect that uh, our Q1 financials uh, will, will demonstrate that. Prospera's website is prosperaenergy.com, ticker symbol in Toronto, PEI, and in the States, it's GXRFF. I've been an investor, like I said, for 18 months. They are our show sponsor. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show today and providing this update. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.